Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich Hudson. Hello. And Ash Millman. Hello. Now, I want to talk to you guys about Bethesda, because mm. I think, as my, as my opening gambit to this thing, that they've had a pretty terrible generation. I think they've had the worst performance of any sort of developer-publisher combo this gen. Ooh. What do you think about that, Ash Millman? Oh, I like Bethesda. I've always been I a like big Beth- too. Bethesda fan, but you're not wrong. Average, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah? It's, on average, they've had a pretty, a pretty naff a pretty generation. Pretty not, they've not plummeted as bad, plummeted as far down as some mm-hmm. publishers have been, but on a consistency level, their consistency is good, but the actual consistency of their quality is a bit all over. Yes, oh yes, they've, they've definitely churned out, or they've released a, a handful of games on the developer side where they've had a hand in them, and they've obviously um, stepped way more into becoming a, a publisher this generation. They have a you know a, a regular stage at E3 and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so they're showing off these other games. Um, but I would argue that they've stumbled every step of the way. So um, I've kind of highlighted a few different things, some different news stories, some things that they try to do, um, and we'll just sort of talk them out. Um, I want to open, though, with that sort of general perception of Bethesda, because mm-hmm. they've been relying on very similar game engines Gamebryo and now Creation is what they've mm. been using for the last few years um, and they have that reputation of just being full of junk um, and it's <laughs> it's that thing where even back in you know uh, Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim we kind of just went oh Bethesda yeah. oh it's one of those things um, but I think that that sort of tipped over this gen instead of mm. being like actually it's, the it's the self-awareness about it doesn't justify the fact that your engine needs to be improved yeah, yeah. absolutely where do you guys stand on just that on that idea that it's it's kind of their personality but it's not really good anymore I mean for me personally it, I, I guess it didn't really bother me for years and years I was just absolutely fine with it and mm. I didn't really like suffer that much from the glitches myself so mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal um, and then get hit by a giant in Skyrim yeah no, no I was I was. even if it was there it was <laughs> lovable again like uh-huh. I didn't really mind like I was very forgiving with them uh, and even now I still feel like I'd give them a lot more time of day than other people would but it was when like I, I've said loads of times, I'm not the biggest Fallout fan, but mm-hmm. playing Fallout 76 um, for the channel and stuff and having a little play of that, I was like, oh boy. Playing. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, things. the beta. I was like, this is not so good. Um, <laughs> so that kind of like skewed it for me into seeing that there is a big issue mm. and it's not cute and it's not funny. And it's like, if you're going to be offering out these games and be this big prize. behemoth of a giant in the industry, then sort your crap out a bit. Like yeah. A little bit, which we think. They have got some of the best best IPs in gaming mm. under their hood. They've got Doom, they've got Wolfenstein, mm. Fallout, Elder Scrolls, um, they've got things like Dishonored and Prey, they've got Evil Within, they've yeah. got loads of really, there's, there's genuinely, they don't, I don't think they've published a game that is like 
of a bad mm. franchise. Everything mm. has got some kind of heft to it that, can, that other developers and publishers must look at and think, God, I wish that was ours. Right. But yeah, they, they just they have this approach of the old school games that are really janky. Mm. And when we hit, for example, I would say like with the turnover into the eighth gen is when games got more refined and the fact that like you could get games that were perfect, yeah. absolutely perfect, and they were still like, oh, this is just what we do. Yeah. That was like, like, this, isn't, this isn't the <laughs> Xbox 360 anymore. We, yeah. we want games that are going to be pristine and you yeah. guys aren't doing that and the self-awareness as I've said doesn't like make it okay that you're yeah. sticking to old tech they have like the whole thing with like the their acronym for beta was like break it early test application it's like Ooh. oh we're getting all self-aware with how kind of half-baked our games are I, um, I think one of the tipping points um, was with The Witcher 3 because for the longest time with Bethesda yeah. mm-hmm. it was like oh no one else can do this no one else no, can make worlds Bethesda are the RPG big. people yeah, so, yeah yeah and it was like I mean it's true that like the general structure of The Witcher is different to like a Bethesda RPG there's all these inter- interlocking parts in a Bethesda mm-hmm. RPG that are way more streamlined than The Witcher, but the sheer size of that game mm. and the, I mean, The Witcher went through a, a handful of patches at launch, but like overall, The Witcher is a tighter experience oh, or, God, you know, a tighter game engine. Completely different, yeah. wasn't it? Because that came out. I, I remember that being like, oh my God, I can love Someone something. else can do this. Yeah, I can love something as much as I love The Elder Scrolls when Witcher 3 came out. Because I played Witcher 2, but that one was the one that like, I was like, gee, gee, gee whiz. Gee whiz. <laughs> gee whiz. <laughs> gee whiz on this, P- crickets. On this PC YouTube appropriate podcast where yeah. we can't say sweary things. Um, but yeah, I mean, that like that sort of signature element, I just, uh, even, like, because we'll get into the games that they've developed and stuff later, um, but when was the last time you were wowed by a Bethesda game? Because for me, it was Skyrim, and that was way back in 2011. For me, it was Fallout 4. Okay. Because um, I stand on the, the the podium of, I like Fallout 4. I cool. don't yeah. think it's a bad game. What's the um, opposite of a podium? I'm, like, down in, like, a molehill. You're in a, a molehill? Mole, a molehill. <laughs> a molehill still upwards. I'm just you're, looking you're, up you're, you're, like, you're, in a we- you're in a well. I'm in a well, yes. You're in a well. I'm in a well of hatred. That's so apt for you, isn't it? <laughs> In a well. I will uh, live in a well. <laughs> no, I think, I think Fallout 4 was the first time that I really got... It was the first time I really properly got into an RPG-style game because I've never been an RPG person. Mm. Uh, and then Fallout 4, I think it was because of the... the huh, funnily enough, the engine and the shooting that got right. me back into it. Because I, I tried New Vegas back in the day and the shooting in it is arse. So yeah, hasn't that, it? It's, that, it's, it's, didn't, it's that didn't bode well with me. Hence why, even now, going back to it and trying it again, I'm like, this is just... It just doesn't play yeah. as well as I'd like it to. So Fallout 4 was the first time it really wowed me, as well as uh, Wolfenstein. Stein the New Order, which mm-hmm. again is not an original. Uh, they helped bring it to life. They, they, yeah, br- yeah. they brought it back, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was that was the point for me. So I've, I've stuck with Bethesda ever since. I haven't played everything they've done, right? Um, but when it comes to Fallout, uh, Wolfenstein, stuff mm-hmm. like that, Doom, mm-hmm. anything id wise, that's where I am. Because yeah, with them, um, just to, for, for me, like Fallout Four, like I love that they brought in uh, id software to do mm. the shooting, and I think that Fallout Four, like it's the best playing Fallout by a long, a long shot. Um, but I think if you didn't play that much of Three or New Vegas, did you play Fallout Three? No, actually, I, okay. I want to get Fallout Three, but because I play it on PC, the PC version is balls. Right, okay. <laughs> it's completely, my, it's completely rubbish. My thing with like Bethesda is that they always had this one thing they did immaculately well, and mm. they've kind of just iterated on it. So like, I think if you came to Fallout Four, if that was your first Fallout, you'd be like, holy crap, this is amazing. Mm. Whereas like Which I had was. that. With three in New Vegas, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Ash, what was the last time you loved Bethesda? It's always Skyrim. It's always yeah. anything. Elder Scrolls is, is where I'm at. Like I, uh, wait, Prey was Bethesda as well. Prey wasn't. Wasn't it? Well, they published it. The, yeah. well, the original Prey, or is the original Prey? One? The new one. The yeah. new one was Bethesda. Yeah, yeah. new was like 2016. Yeah, because I gave.
gave that a little whirl, and mm. it didn't blow me away, but I thought it was a cool game because it was very like Bioshock. Yeah, like it was nice. But Skyrim is the time where like that is the game that just makes me cry every time I put it in. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's the thing. Like they're talking about that game engine and stuff, and um, we can kind of segue into the idea of mods because I think they have a, a weird relationship with their fan base or the acknowledgement that their games are very mod happy. Mm. And like yeah. in 2015, they tried to do the whole paid mods thing, and then that that just got so roundly shot upon that like everyone hated the idea that this thing that was formerly free they were now trying to introduce a paid element to it yeah. which even if you give them the benefit of the doubt the idea that you can take their assets you can mod stuff and create levels and characters and whatever and then you get some money back from that mm. too like that's in theory a cool idea on a, on, a, on a standpoint of being the producer of these mods then yeah I can I can get that yeah. but yeah on a consumer side it just was not because okay. yeah I think it was like the base principle of like you're trying to charge for mods that people mm. just want to make and distribute for free um, so that like I said that was like roundly hated back in 2015 they then went okay god sorry and then gave it like two years and then they brought it back in 2017 and called it the creation club um, which like <laughs> you make stuff for the creation club um, you only get paid at, um, they call it specific developer milestones um, and so but the Ooh. thing that you're signing over if you make something is um, you're giving them the rights to use that piece of content anywhere they want going forward ever um, which it's it's a weird issue it literally just seems like them being like come on fix that game for us come that's on. what like, that's what I'm getting to that's yeah. yeah that's what I can't escape like what do you think of that because I think they fall back on that so much oh, no 100% I think ha- sticking to this engine and going forward with this engine as well when they've said it's going to be in um, the oh my god the space game Starfield Starfield jeez yeah that absolutely left my memory then sorry <laughs> um, but Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6 and everything saying that's still going to be a creation engine is very much like the worst you thing like you could mods, say don't you? yeah and it's just like that, that thing too like yeah. Todd Howard's like oh yeah we're going to keep going because then the modders love it and yeah. it's like well the consumers don't yeah. like why are you building something for the mods I'm somebody that's never modded games no, I've never been somebody mm. that's keen to mod it even playing on PC it's like I just don't I've never interested me I'd rather just play the vanilla experience mm-hmm. it's like yeah like saying about Fallout 3 the Steam version of Fallout 3 is the old games for Windows Live Windows 7 version that you used to play on Windows yeah. it says on the Steam page mm. you have to play this on Windows 7 or else it doesn't work <laughs> it's like people said yeah you can just get a mod for it and, impr- and get it fixed it's like mm. yeah but I don't want to do you that have yeah. to, I'm yeah. too lazy. I just, <laughs> I just want to download it and play it. And yeah. apparently the GOG one I can play. So I will get around to playing Fallout 3 eventually. <laughs> Good. But um, yeah, I, I, the thing about the engine stuff is, um, as an example, I always seem to go to, um, Call of Duty's been running on the same engine forever. Right, yeah. But they keep building on it every single time, which mm-hmm. admittedly they do do with the do, creation do do, do, do. No. They, do, they do with the creation <laughs> engine. Because I mean, Skyrim had those had little bits of building stuff yeah. which, which they then Missing that then glitched out yeah which <laughs> they then refined and put into Fallout 4 so it's right. like, yes they can keep building on it but I think we're waiting on them to turn and go we have now made a whole new engine almost like we've replaced mm. 75% of the mm. old engine this is the creation engine version 2 yeah, yeah. I think outright V2 this is something completely new. We're going to go from here. That's what I'm waiting for them to do. I think it's that distinction between like that core Bethesda feel, which mm. you get because they, they've had that engine for so long. And even Gamebryo to creation wasn't a massive leap in terms of that core feel. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's the, oh, like you said, all the bugs and glitches and stuff just not sitting together. And that just, that feel has become that you just yeah. expect broken stuff. I mean, if they know that it's broken, that it's glitching, that there's bugs and that modders are having to fix it, just do a new one. Just do a new one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it, it's it's cute and everything, and they want to stick to this. But you need it needs to be tight from the get go. It yeah. needs to be an absolutely rounded, perfect, immaculate machine that, that mm-hmm. people can then 
that people can then add to mm-hmm. rather than just a mess that people try and clean up each time. Like that's I what I wonder it feels as like. well how much because um, they obviously they come up came up as like um, this like PC studio and like mm-hmm. obviously their original RPGs were these massive extra you know big expansive games on PC and as they've moved into the console space those expectations have kind of changed. Like as a main you play a lot more PC than we do. Do you tend to put up with? I don't know. Like is there more of that idea that you'll put up with stuff or you'll be more open to mods? Because on console it's like we're expecting one final product and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think the the idea that they try to bring mods to to consoles, I think, is a really interesting idea because it Mm -hmm. is in in going at it going at it at a PC standpoint, it seems really confusing as to how it would really work in the grand scheme of things, and obviously doing everything in engine inside the game itself is how they would go about it. But yeah, I don't know. It's um, I've completely (laughs) I've completely lost my train of thought. My my whole thing is that they had these old school RPGs that were like these really big expansive ideas and innovative like nothing had been done on that scale before Mm. Um, but in you know in experimenting and trying to like you know ostensibly like create the genre or do whatever they could towards that genre you you were more forgiving with like oh well it's absolutely like something like Daggerfall is so huge that you might be more okay with like potential issues as they get there. PC's a lot PC is very much like a a proving ground it's where Mm. random stuff goes and happens it's Mm -hmm. why the PC ecosystem is so vast and there's so much you can get because they could just do anything they wanted whereas mm-hmm. yeah as you said with, on a console I know I see what you mean the question now yeah, my yeah. mind just went hey let's no but you were right it's just but like yeah with a, with a console you expect it to be there and then because they I mean obviously back then especially when they first brought Morrowind to the to the Xbox mm-hmm. the original one um, you know day one patches and stuff weren't really a thing Xbox Live did exist then it was not in any way near what it is obviously today. not yeah. now but I don't know whether it was actually running at that point when Morrowind no. came out probably not but like they you know they wanted that they, they need that full um title there and then but the beauty of the xbox is um because obviously morrowind never came to the ps2 mm-hmm. um because the xbox is basically just a pc yeah they always it's, said it was easier to code for. oh it's, it's a damn sight easier mm-hmm. to code for. but that, that thing of, of like pc being a proving ground like does that mean that they've kind of misread the terrain like in terms of what people expect from consoles because nearly all of these um issues we'll get into the review policy in a bit but like all those things kind of stem from the expectations on the console side Potentially. Mm. Inter- no, yeah, I think it's interesting that there's a place that games can go to be proved like rather than just yeah, and, yeah. But I think um, if we look at like again Skyrim remastered, pretty good. Um, that came with a load of mods for the Xbox, didn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was the game, and then all of the fun PC stuff that we missed out on that they, uh, they brought then could, over. Yeah, and I think that's a great idea. Again, that just that swings back to the monetization aspect of mm. it. It's like nah, I shouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> the idea of having that as a as a console player, like I said, I'm not a modder myself. I don't enjoy modding stuff mm-hmm. as much as I would love to have Thomas the Tank Engine fly about instead of a dragon. Um, that having that open to people who wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise because they don't play on PC is a great idea. It was yeah. cool. It was cool to mess around with. Like I made yeah. everyone look weird and <laughs> change the glass yeah. blue and stuff and put things in the sky. Cheese and then, wheels. Yeah, and there's whole new um, quests and stuff which I thought was really interesting because it's basically free DLC. Yeah. Basically, it's like it's like the uh, it's like the um, DLC you can get for things like Fallout where you mm. get different openings. Like there's one for Fallout Four where you end up washed up on a beach and you start yeah, from there rather than starting yeah. in the vault. Oh god, I always do that at the vampire hole in. Uh, the Skyrim I was going to say the Skyrim one's brilliant. Like, yeah. um, you can start as like a bartender or whatever and live like a whole different life. Yeah. That kind of, that's a good way to sort of like, I mean, that's that's where they're modding that whole idea of the creation club and like we're one big community when we're expanding on everything together. Like, that's the best side of that stuff. Mm. Whether yeah. like the Shimmering Isles DLC is like this massive, ex- like it could yeah. feel like an official DLC. Um, but it's just that that core product. Sometimes I look at the mod stuff. There's that whole, um, is it Fallout Miami? 
um, the really expansive like Fallout spin-off that a whole bunch of fans made. Yeah, people are people are also recreating Fallout New Vegas in the Fallout 4 engine as well. Yeah. And things like that. But those um, kind of things just point to like that idea of the, the core foundation. Like Bethesda aren't the ones like, you know, flying the flag. It's the modders yeah. kind of kicking out these more polished experiences. It's interesting to think because like just as a weird co- uh, comparison to PC, it feels like Bethesda were releasing these games like they're Gary's mod games, right? <laughs> it's like here's here's all the tools. Here's some tools. Go. Yeah. And it's like but no, that's not not what people want. Yeah. They don't want yeah. a half-assed game and then a, a building part of it and then go, hey, okay, here's, here's two hearts, mm-hmm. go. That, that's the whole game. Yeah. The whole thing is that you want like you want the core experience, like you say, you want a, a wonderful game, you want a tight, established, great game you can play through and really enjoy and then maybe some stupid stuff on the side if people want oh, yeah. it, like Thomas Tank Engine in the Sky. <laughs> like that, that, That's a fun little thing to just mm-hmm. throw in but it isn't necessary to the gameplay whereas lots of the mods were actually quite necessary to making mm. the game work and that's where the line needs to be drawn. Yeah, I think they've, they've kind of, for me, they've gone into like a weird sort of like do-it-yourself, like that DIY Gary's mod approach where like mm. in um, Skyrim's like for the DLC you had the Hearthfire stuff where you start yeah. building your own homestead and then in Fallout 4 you had the settlement stuff and I'm just for me uh, watching that I was like well who who's this for like who is this weird kind of half Minecraft mentality me. stop yeah. it stop buying this stuff Rich. <laughs> I loved it I loved did the settlement you? I did see that that, that kind of proves the point that we're making though because like I mean where do you sit on this Ash as the in between as settlements the whole, the whole idea of like all those sort of DIY pieces of content where they give you the tools they give you the pieces and you oh, build no, it yourself I thought making a house was cute oh so stop I, it I, I, think, I think it was more I can, I can kind of see why you're bringing that into the conversation but I don't think that was put there as a means of saying okay we can't be asked to make this you do it no, 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 no. it's more the idea of it's, it's your place it's your part of that world and that's yeah. why I bought into Fallout 4 so well because I had the castle and I built it up and it was like <laughs> nothing is getting in here yes yes like, I'm, I'm, this, this, God, place is, yeah, this place is awesome <laughs> now I'm talking more about like you know, them sort of exploring that mentality of like, we'll give you the tools to have fun. Like, which is like that's at the core. Yeah, of should something we just like make a builder and then you go from there? Yeah, as yeah. opposed to like you know, Skyrim before Hearthfire was like, this is the define. This is the Skyrim experience. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. go in these directions and find these things, and we've orchestrated them for you. I like I liked having the choice about my own house, but I did also like that Skyrim in essence was you don't you just go and find your own house in each one. There's like one Handed. house for sale that you can just buy, and mm-hmm. that was before all the Hearthfire stuff. Yeah, and but then, you have all the main quest stuff yeah. too and everything. It's oh, just of like, course, not yeah. just houses, but like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can just do that on the side and then they're kind of expanded upon it because people wanted a bit more from it. So I feel like that maybe mm-hmm. is a bit different to the mod stuff because it was their like official expansion on what we already had a bit of in the true, game. True, true, true. I think, uh, yeah, for me, those things somewhat go hand in hand in terms yeah. of what they were experimenting with. That idea, that mentality of like, you know, here's the tools, have fun. Yeah. Um, for me, like those, th- those things feel similar, but I totally know what you guys mean as well. Yeah. Um, I want to move into um, their review policy change because this was mm. massive back in 2016 mm. um, where they, they came out after, basically they, they proved, quote unquote, as they would say um, that they don't need to supply review copies to outlets beforehand and mm-hmm. they proved this quote unquote again with Doom um, which uh, sold extremely well and reviewed extremely well but they didn't give anybody review copies before launch mm-hmm. so um, their test case was Doom and then after that for Dishonored 2 and going forward um, they announced that in October um, that no review copies for their games would be given ahead of time um, because they don't really see the need and they said that um, they want to make sure that the reviews focus on the gameplay and everyone has the same experience the reviewers and the consumers and everything else but, but they should be that's yeah. the thing you should be why, why would it be changing after a reviewer has got it it would well, be the same experience the, the, the cynical side which I'm, I'll just go down is that they don't want people knowing about the junk about the half-baked stuff about yeah. any potential reason that, why you wouldn't buy day one yeah. like, unless they're like oh yeah by the way if you're getting a copy a week earlier then the game that's going to be releasing a week later is going to be something different mm-hmm. it's like well then you know how have you yeah. managed to change it 
in a week. Yeah, there's also the fact that even though they said like no one's going to be reviewing our games early, they then still supply various YouTube channels with the copies. It tends to be because the, they, the, they still have to. It, it, yeah. would, it would be like not suicide, but like it would be silly not to. Well, well, oh, well, we oh, that's the thing. He's living in as well. That's the thing. Like I said, they, they supply a handful of YouTube channels and they tend to be the ones that cover Bethesda stuff anyway. The yeah. ones where they could semi-guarantee from a PR standpoint that they're going to get yeah. good coverage of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it would be suicide to not put those games out ahead of time so that yep. people can know what they are. Hence the fact that every single game since they announced this review policy has underperformed in terms of all the ones that they're publishing. Um, I just looked all this stuff up, up now and it's like, you know, since they put the policy in, in place at the end of 2016, the next game was Dishonored 2, which was sold 40% lower than its original game. Mm. Um, Prey, they didn't actually release the official stats for. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the best-selling games for the month that it came out, which is May in 2017, it didn't even break the top 20. I say, I, so, I bought that really late. I, remember, I, got, I, remember I got it late it. as well. Yeah, I, I, got it, I got it on a Steam sale. I don't but remember anyone hyping it. Well, that's like. the thing, right? So like, that's, that's kind of one of my issues with talking about them as a publisher is that they don't put hardly any money or effort into their um, their optics, into their marketing. Like, mm. we barely knew Rage 2 was out and we work in this industry yep. until mm. it was like launched in. It was like, oh yeah, that Oh yeah, Rage thing. 2's here. <laughs> like, we didn't get any emails about it. We didn't get access to it. It's, it's fine for the access thing ish um, but like we didn't hear about it at all and it was yeah. just like by the way the new Bethesda published games out then there's this whole thing of like it doesn't have to be the game that you're sending people like we're not sitting here being entitled saying you've got to send no, this game to review but like the marketing could be com- from a completely different angle and get hype up and build it a different yes. way like get people talking about it yeah exactly like, it's like as, soon as, as soon as Rage 2 came out you're seeing it Everywhere now, like, really. On, I on Twitter, anything. I'm seeing it everywhere. Okay. Yeah, Twitter's like self-contained people. Yeah, that might be algorithmic. It, yeah. yeah, but probably algorithmic. Mm. But like, yeah, I'm seeing more of it. And it's like this is what you should have done leading up to the game yeah, release. Absolutely. This is what should. This is what every other company does. Like, you can't have this sense of. Um, uh, you, you can't like think of yourself so highly like entitlement kind entitlement of thing. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that you're just going to release a game and everyone's going to go oh and they just swarm to mm-hmm. it there like, would have been a day when that was the case exactly yeah. that, like I mean even even like something like Elder Scrolls 6 mm. they can't just say okay <laughs> it's a surprise it's out uh-huh. of nowhere and everyone's going to go oh god it's here mm-hmm. like, oh, you think, I would I mean yeah I know you would it's, <laughs> yeah. same, it's same with me and like Doom Eternal hopefully yeah. later this year mm-hmm. please. at least we um, know Doom Eternal's but, coming yeah, yeah exactly it's like but they can't just attempt to stealth release everything and just assume oh they're Bethesda fans we've got yeah. really dedicated fans which they do mm-hmm. Um, and just assume that they'll buy it. I think like it's just that they're not Rockstar. Like Rockstar can hold back entirely and be like, by that's the way, because Rockstar released a game every five years. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the thing. Like Bethesda sort of stagger their new releases. Like we've only really had Fallout and like Fallout seventy six and whatever this gen. Mm. It's they're very few and far between. But like that, it doesn't result in sales necessarily. Mm. But yeah, there's some more statistics for the stuff that they've published. Like Wolfenstein two um, did one point four million in total, mm. which is what the original game did just on PC. So like wow. that didn't do very well. Uh, Evil that's, Within that's two. That's weird because Wolfenstein the New Order was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lot of like, people were behind that. That's game. my thing. Like, um, we're talking about the idea of like you know flirting with the idea of entitlement in terms of access to, to review copies. My issue is that it doesn't pay off the hard work put into the games in the first place. If mm. you're signing on with Bethesda to have them be the publisher, they're this big heavyweight powerhouse yeah. publisher. You should reap the rewards of that partnership from day one, and it doesn't feel like you do. Mm. Um, so like yeah, Wolfenstein Two did the whole thing with the 1.4 million. Evil Within Two only made number 13 um, in October 2017 in the best-selling games from the MPD figures, and then Rage Two, the most recent example, has only sold a quarter of the original so, and that's ridiculous because Rage, Rage 1 just no one seems I know. to care about and it's it's like at least a quarter of that is is that's not good. really quite sad yeah. actually is this maybe symptomatic of something else happening with Bethesda though that mm. maybe they can't have the money and the push to, to bring these things out as they used to because everyone's going oh wait actually they aren't as good as they used to be so they're just kind of kind of Dishing them well, out. That'll be my like, waiting for people to jump on them. Like, why would you then just play up to that as a as a publisher? I think if people don't see us to what we are anymore, 
oh, okay, then never mind. Well, then maybe we don't have but to do it like that. Like, but like, you should. You should still be pushing stuff yeah. rather than just like succumb to people mm. saying, oh, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> and, like, that tends to be the thing because like whenever we see them, like the last time we you know we see like Todd Howard at E3 and he says a few things. The only real public thing Bethesda does is quite con on E3. Yeah, and so. it's it's either Todd Howard or Pete Hines. It tends to be either the, the two sort of faces of the company. Mm. And, then, and like you said, like they for the most part, I think they just stay away from everything and then they just rely on the fact that where Bethesda, it'll work. Mm. And as yeah. these statistics show, it just As they isn't. literally say, as thinking back to E3 20. 2016, 2015 mm. for Fallout 4 when they're showing off the uh, showing off the settlement building and Todd yes. Howard says the immortal words it just it works. just works <laughs> like, that's the approach they have for everything <laughs> I mean even that's become like a meme that idea of oh it just works is tied mm. to one of the most consistently broken uh, game engines in yep. gaming history one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. And so, yeah, I mean, like, even when they showed up at E3 2017, um, I've just got a quick little note that their um, their conference was very short. It was mm. only on for about 35 minutes. Oh, it was, it was rubbish, that. Yeah, and it was like, I you stayed know. stayed up. I, <laughs> I woke up at, like, half five in the morning to watch that. What a waste of time. Yeah, and it's just, I, I just, I don't know, look, when you kind of roll these things together, it's like, do they do they really know, like, where they are right now? Like, they sort of mm. kind of have a bit of a publisher wing, but not, they don't do very much marketing, so they're not really, yeah. they're not, like, dependable, like someone like Devolver is right now. Oh, yeah. People are excited about a new Devolver game, even in the indie sphere. At least they mm. have, like, you know, 
they're passionate fans and they're, they're picking the right sort of games to, to highlight and, and run through with them kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I guess I can pivot into the stuff that they've developed this generation um, as opposed to the stuff that they've footed yeah. the bill for. Um, what stands out for you guys in terms of a Bethesda game this gen? I'll run down what they've done. Yes, please. What do you think? In what in what sense? Positive, negative? Uh, positive, I guess, because it's like if you were going to say which what's the best Bethesda game this generation, okay. you might be. Tech, I would save. I'd say before that four because okay. I know you could say Skyrim Special Edition. That's all I'm going to say, innit? Yeah, like, we, say we already edition, know. We already it's know. A re- it's, it's a re-release on a new console for a <laughs> for a for a, a native this gen game. It's Fallout Four. Right. Okay. Our shows would be Skyrim. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm sticking it. I'm <laughs> sticking it. But then I'm sticking like, my landing. On, that, on, that proves the point, though. When you look at Fallout versus Elder Scrolls, literally we've only had Fallout. Like yeah. Four is the only. Fallout game this gen that anyone's really. If you want Fallout Shelter, but yes. I mean, Fallout uh, Shelter's been popular, but it's yeah. not, you don't really look, it's a mobile game, isn't it? Yeah, so okay, so <laughs> let, let, we'll run these things down. So in 2015, uh, we had Fallout 4 and Fallout Shelter, um, yeah. so we can split them up. Fallout Shelter was one of the first times, if not the first time, that they heavily went into the mobile market and microtransactions and all that but type stuff. But they did it in such a way that they were like, hey, yes, there are microtransactions, but we've made it so they're not going to be a Shelter's, Shelter's fine. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, I, pers- I tried it so many times, but I'm just, I just don't play games yeah. on mobile that was kind of my thing I so thought it was fine I think, but, I think yeah. as, a, as a you know a game in itself but also morally I think they went the right way with mm-hmm. Fallout Shelter and people still do play it it is still really popular hence why when they turned around at E3 last year and said Fallout Shelter's coming to the Switch mm-hmm. and everyone just went mental yeah. it's like okay there's still a really <laughs> yeah. good like fan base behind it but yeah Fallout 4 was where it was at mm-hmm. did you try Fallout Shelter? Uh, I did not try Fallout Shelter but <laughs> I did not try Fallout Shelter. I've tried Fallout 4 more than once, mm. like many did it a times. Work for you? It's. Uh, I think it's fine. Come down in the well, all right? There's uh, a lot of room. I think it's. I think it's, it's fine. fine. It's just it doesn't appeal to me in the slightest. I, I can't <laughs> even stick what it is. Just going into that world, I feel no connection to it or what is going on <laughs> like, at all. I just don't enjoy it, and mm. I'm not sure if that's something. And that's obviously not Bethesda's problem because it's it's mine. Right. Um, because they've had many other great games, or Fallout has had many other great games in its series. But mm-hmm. Fallout 4, I don't know, and hearing everyone else talk about it being a bit more of a disappointment when they play the rest of the series and stuff, just, I guess I approached it very much as, oh, everything is brown and green. Bad. Yeah, a little bit. They, they, they try to do some, yeah. like, colorization stuff with, like, the general sort of set design and environments, but... The dialogue eh. as well, the wheel. The, the wheel upset system, yeah. me. I was like, I don't believe my woman that... My woman that I made, I've seen her talk. <laughs> I was like, who are you? I didn't make you. Like, yeah, I hit the sarcasm button. Yeah, literally, it was just sarcastic, sarcasticing the whole time, and I was like, mm, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so Fallout 4, I mean, yeah, it, it, I don't know, even to this day, it's quite divisive. It obviously has its fans, but you have those people who just kind of go, it didn't blow me away like 3 in mm. New Vegas did. I think that's the thing with, with Fallout. I've had this argument with Ewan before. Mm. Like, it's like, if you've loved 3 in New Vegas, then 4 will seem a disappointment to you. But yes. That's when it's like, I mean, this is a, a potential conversation for another time, like when... Like do, you, like, do you need to play the old games to play four? Mm. It's like Elder Scrolls and Fallout. They're the kind of games where you don't. It doesn't matter where you jump into them. Mm. Really, you can jump into them whenever. Mm-hmm. And it's like the comparison of four to new three and New Vegas. Like people who played them will go, "Oh, Fallout Four's not very good." Mm-hmm. Somebody like me who played a bit of them and just never really got into them, but got really into four. I love it. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm. it is. It's it's just very open to interpretation. But I think on a in a non-comparative sense which sometimes is probably the best way to look at a game like this mm. one that you don't need to play the previous games mm. to understand I think Fallout 4 is a good game oh you're way better off if you haven't played the other ones absolutely yeah. um, like providing you like the sort of like the world building or the general setup mm. or whatever um, but yeah like I, I can totally see the like stuff like the dialogue wheel like yeah. the weird like just the, the weird sort of sense of story yeah. I mean yeah I mean, I, I mean as, a, as playing that through I can understand that like mm. sometimes I'd press a button like when you're in a really heated situation there's one point in one of the, I think it's in one of the DLCs or just one of the missions when I found another vault Mm-hmm. And it was like you're in a situation. I have my I have my charisma and my speech up. I'm like, right. yeah, I can just like a sweet talk these people. <laughs> yeah. And I pressed I pressed a button, and it was like 
I said, oh, the, the, the prompt was like, you're saying something along these lines. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's exactly what I want to say. And I pressed it and he said something absolutely not what I wanted to yeah. say. And I got shot. <laughs> and that, Everyone disliked that. That, yeah. that, that ruined um, uh, Far Harbor for me, mm-hmm. which, which is like the best DLC for Fallout 4 because I said one thing wrong because the button was implying something else and everything, the whole, like, yeah. the whole um, DLC story just stopped. Right? Yep. And failed. And you not, not with the and you're still not defending the appro- it here. Not the approach that wasn't. <laughs> Interesting. No, no, not defending the, the, uh, Interesting. the speech wheel. Interesting. <laughs> We'd definitely right. do. A Elder Scrolls fan. I know, I was just saying, all right, Colonial Marines. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, think, I think it's one of those things with me and you specifically. Like, yeah. I think if we're sitting and playing the opposite game that we like, we're mm. thinking, I'd rather be playing the other one. Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm like, I need, I need to play. I've got Skyrim. I actually yeah. got it in the last Steam sale Good. to play. And I'm playing, and I need to put more time into it, but there's a, I think there's always a part of me in the back of my mind thinking I'll be walking around going, I kind of wish I was playing Fallout. Mm. Yeah, that's me, that's and me. And that'll be you with, yeah. with playing 100%. Fallout, I wish I was playing Skyrim. Yeah. I've tried all the Fallouts, I've tried, we've done this pod and this conversation yeah. We will do a separate times. pod for Scrolls versus times. Fallout. No, yes. we have done it, haven't we? Have we? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, did, you did an old Scrolls versus We've done a lot of episodes yeah. at this we've point, so it's probably somewhere in the archives. Um, but yeah, so that was back in 2015, and then in 2016, they kind of started doing the Skyrim Special Edition mm. and Skyrim VR, um, which apparently, I never actually played Skyrim VR, but I saw mm. the fallout from it. Just that it just wasn't didn't handle very well. The fallout, <laughs> log, and so like all the uh, the menus they kind of float in front of you. Some of them are off to the side. The head tracking wasn't very good. You had to sort of crank your face to check mm. your inventory. It's just one of those games like where just plopping VR into it, like on a conceptual level, yeah, it sounds wicked mm-hmm. to be walking around. Same with like Fallout Four VR, mm-hmm. Skyrim VR, Doom VR, just mm-hmm. going around and doing it in person, actually shooting things mm. and casting spells <laughs> and all this sort of thing yourself. But yeah, in just in practice, it just. Yeah, but then I mean, again, it speaks really to that nature it. of just, of 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 Bethesda just being like, well, the engine's fine, it'll mm. it'll run, it'll be fine, it just works, and it's like, nope, yet no, again, it, it really doesn't. It's like if you get a solid twenty five FPS and you can just <laughs> about do things, that counts as working yeah. in Bethesda's book. Do they have anything other than than Fallout and Elder Scrolls stuff, or are they just relying mm. on those Bethesda, names? Bethesda Game Studios specifically just do Fallout, Elder Scrolls, yeah. and obviously Starfield whenever yes. that's coming out. And it's out. like that's that's good, that's really good, but you can't just keep keep churning out mobile games, VR games, tie-in games that aren't mainline things Pe- because you're relying want. on the brand. Well, they can, mainline and that's what games. they've been doing. I know, yeah. but I don't like it. No, me neither. I, I mean, I think, I think, <laughs> I, I think they're just very quickly moving, looking at the future from yeah. Starfield into Elder Scrolls 6 onwards, I think they're probably going to go back to just going, okay, here we go. Elder Scrolls game, Fallout game, Starfield game. Probably. Yeah. Game. Like, let's, let's forget about the half-step ones. Let's forget about 76. Let's forget about the special edition, the VR yeah. version, I hope Elder so. Scrolls Blades, that's all this sort of thing. That's what we want. Let's, like, <laughs> please just focus on the games that you want because like they openly saying oh you fans have all been going on about Elder Scrolls 6 oh you know we're finally doing it it's like we well, should have just been doing it anyway <laughs> yeah. yeah literally no one wa- I mean we can like, Fallout 4 uh, VR was in 2017, uh, 2017 as well yep. mm-hmm. which I didn't hear a single soul talk nope. about but it did come out no, so I Josh played it no, no, and he's VR our man. only VR man. The VR man. Our one and only VR it's, man. I think also because they resold these games at full price. Right, yeah. As well. Doom mm-hmm. VFR isn't even Doom. No, as that it is. It's, it a anyway. diff- it's a different game. Plus the way you move in that is you point the... You point and, you point point and, and teleport. Who's playing Doom like a teleport game? <laughs> oh, it's portal. Just like, playing like yeah. Google Earth. Just like, what the hell is that? Um, so yeah, and that takes us into 2018, which is Fallout 76, which is the an absolute tire fire of a thing. Um, in terms of the... I mean, even on a, on a PR sort of, um, you know, like public relations side. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the 
the power armor edition, the whole thing with the bag. Oh, God. And like, just, I mean, a lot of people know this thing at this point. Would you like but, a carrier bag? Yeah, would you like a carrier bag or a bin bag as, as yeah. opposed to the one that you paid the uh, the highlighted price for? Um, it's just it's just ridiculous. And then the, the feedback from that was um, someone got in touch with their um, their sort of like helpline mm. and said like, this obviously isn't the thing that I paid for. And they the response that they got was, we're not planning on doing anything about it. Obviously from an individual, not representative this of wasn't Bethesda. A, this was a PR firm, not yeah. Bethesda themselves. But still blew up. It still went in their face. And then they eventually responded and said, look, if you guys get in touch with your payment details and your name, we'll send mm. you a proper bag. Mm. And then that was a massive uh, glitch because all those payment details went to one person. So one person then went online and said, look, I'm not a mass criminal, but I do have all your details. Yeah. Apologies. Um, Bethesda then weathered the storm of that and eventually uh, supplied the bags after <laughs> a three-month wait. There were like, so, one guy's just sitting there with all of the addresses going, yeah, right, yeah, I've got then, a lot let of me money. tell Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, I guess, like, yeah, if it fell in the hands of someone who wasn't a nice, noble soul, then yeah. it would have been pretty bad. Um, so there was all that. And then when they eventually, um, you know, they, they started making the proper bags and they then gave all the players um, a whole bunch of gold in-game. Mm. Turned out it wasn't even enough gold in-game to buy a bag in the game. So they <laughs> messed even that up. whole atom. Yeah. And so even that is on top of the fact that the base game is quite glitchy and buggy and it doesn't seem very well put together. I know both of you guys have played quite this a bit of it. big banter though, is it? Yeah. Like a big banter Bethesda actually should be their name. Bethesda. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. So yeah, and then like that was the whole thing with Fallout 76 in terms of, you know, something that could have rewrited the ship after the Do you know what, the, honestly, the shaky Fallout I keep Fall. saying this because I, I put must have been a good 20, 25, 30 hours mm. into Fallout 76. Mm -hmm. I think on a on a conceptual level, like whenever when it was a rumor the idea of getting Fallout online, I remember we like we're doing new stuff like two years ago yeah. about Fallout Online being a thing. And that idea, like, how cool does that sound? Like honestly, ah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, cool. you're looking, you're looking at it, me, you're looking at it, thinking yeah, about yeah, Fallout yeah. 76. But like the idea, <laughs> like the idea of doing Fallout Online, playing like basically Fallout 4 with your friends, like I just thought that's such a great idea. Ooh. And I think yeah, for me it's like Ooh. it's a nice. I thought like, the opposite. I, yeah. I, I think that was a really cool idea, and mm -hmm. I think honestly. I know that after everything, Fallout 76 is a complete failure. Mm. I can't defend that at all. You but, found some good stuff in it, But though. do you know what? I, genu I genuinely think Bethesda went into this. And I think they do this with other... I mean, I know that the special edition was a complete mess <laughs> upon their end. Yeah. But I don't ever look at Bethesda and think they're just doing this because they can easily shill it out and get it. I right. genuinely think they really want to make this stuff right and make it well because mm -hmm. I there, there was that there was a little spark of 76 that I think really could have been really really good mm -hmm. but they just they gave it too little time in the oven I actually agree with you there I actually do I actually do because the one saving grace of Fallout 76 is its conception like the whole West Virginia stuff with yeah. the urban yeah, see, good. with the urban legends and everything and I thought was a fantastic idea it shows that they really put the effort in yeah. I think they just rushed out if they if they had said we were getting 76 at the end of this year had another year in development I'd have been okay with mm. that mm. it's like I can't speak for Elder Scrolls people but it's like if you had a game that was going to be right and they were going to take more time to do it just take the Valve approach back when they used right. to make games delaying Portal 2 mm. to make sure it was right and it ends up being one of the best games ever made yeah. it's like why don't you take that approach no I I I I do agree. I think that there was thing there is saving graces in Fallout 76 that makes you see that there is heart behind the company. Yeah. But but the sheer amount of mobile games and like Elder Scrolls, Blades, yeah. Fallout, Shelter, yeah. do it's These like step things to hopefully keep people yeah. like and the fact that they, is, there's a load of money grabbing like yeah. yeah, the fact that they have the storefront in 76, which that, that functions totally fine as opposed mm. to the actual base gameplay is still spotty as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like things like that. Um, I mean obviously it's worth separating. There is obviously worth separating uh, the hard work of the coders 
and the developers and oh, the creatives yeah, um, and the potential, you know, the financial side mm. of it. I, the, the it'd be really interesting to, t- to speak to the developers of 76 mm. and see what, like, how they feel about this game they must have, they would have slaved over. Because I, yeah, I genuinely, like, you know, the, the, the game has got a lot of heart in it. Like, the amount of reused assets from Fallout 4 doesn't seem as prevalent as I mm. thought it would be. Mm. Yes, it is a bit more barren, but they did make this whole new world. And, like, genuinely, I think... It's it's honestly a shame more yeah. than anything. Like yes, it was a disaster. Yes, people got very angry at Bethesda, but I think overall people should look at it and go, "This is just kind of sad." That's like, making me sad. You say well, talk about that's it. That's kind of I was because, like I said, I was really excited. Like as soon as they said, like everyone was going really really annoyed when um, when they revealed it was going to mm. be a multiplayer game, and I was really excited. Like, this is what I really wanted. Like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Uh-huh. So yeah, being a fan of it and it not working out is just a shame. But I just from putting the time into it and seeing what was made and what could have been. Mm. I think Bethesda Game Studios, which then they passed it off to a company they bought that have turned into Bethesda Game Studios mm. oh, somewhere. Yeah. Like I genuinely think they went in with this, like with the right idea. And I, I think with so. I think with their mainline games, not the mobile stuff that is a bit more cash grabby, yes. I think they're going with the with the right heart, but they just don't give it enough. They have yeah. the approach of we're Bethesda, we can do what we like. That's all a general sentiment of um so much potential and that just like mm. overarching, like, oh it's just just oh come on, it's just a little just bit. Just give sad. it a bit more room. That's kind of the general sort of sentiment I had for this general podcast, because I want to love Bethesda more, and I obviously I kind of do in general. Mm. Um and it, it's worth just rounding off the games that they've developed um with Elder Scrolls Blades, which is released this year, yeah. um, which I was in on the um the early access thing yeah. um, that I didn't hate it it just made me want to play Skyrim yeah. um, it's just it is but that is you very did, didn't you? I did yeah, yeah I ended up getting Skyrim on the Switch um, <laughs> but it's just yeah like Scrolls Blades is, is very much the, the watered down version of Scrolls everything is based on timers you're trying to rebuild townships but you can't do so much every day unless you want to pay the money to sort of speed it up um, all your gear and everything that. is yeah it's all like loot boxy and mm, you're it's, rerunning it's a lot of things where, like, they, yeah. they make these games I think because they know that in the east that is a huge market they can mm. very yeah. easily tap into and it does work Mm-hmm. Hence why you find games that release on mobile, like big AAA titles we know release on mobile over there and then eventually maybe come over this way. Like there is a, there's a whole Call of Duty based in China. You yeah. can't play here true, because true, they true. made it just for that market and that's what they should have done. They should have passed it off to someone and go, here's, here's a mobile game. Oh, we've mm. released it over here as well, but don't worry, we're not taking our time making mm. it. It's We've just given it to somebody else yeah, I think and it's released a, it over there where we'll actually make money, whereas here nobody cares about it. Yeah, I think it, it kind of ties into that overall sort of perception we have like of them of just sort of not necessarily dedicating their time to the right sort of projects when we know that they have Starfield and Elder Scrolls yeah. coming up um, and then yeah something like Scrolls uh, Blades just kind of taps into the the corporate side of it the sort of money grubby side that yeah. you know is was maybe prioritised overall with something like mm. Fallout 76 um, but that's pretty much where I wanted to end it I guess some closing thoughts do you, what do you guys see them um, doing for the rest of the gen is this generation a wash and oh. do we just look to the next generation I think I think go on I think that um, they're kind of done this generation me too but they're going to come back with a bang next one because I feel like everyone has been very vocal about what they want we have just torn them a new one. Yep. <laughs> obviously going to change their minds. Love. Yeah, no, yeah. I do love Bethesda so much. And Same. the stuff that they've given the games industry and how they work and that they've got this passionate, like, people behind them, I think is fantastic. And I want to see them tap into that again and bring something new and shiny and thought out, uh, thought out and especially with Starfield when they've seeded mm. it for so long and seeded all their ideas about it. People yep. have fan theories about and it. we know nothing yet. Yeah, no. exactly. It's got so much potential. And yes, it's a little disappointing to hear that it's on the creation engine, but this is their opportunity. This, to this could be, like I said, as I said earlier, this could be a creation engine that they have changed yeah. so much because of this feedback and gone, this is basically a new engine. I hope so. Mm. I mean, Starfield is their first new IP since the Elder Scrolls because they, they obtained Fallout from Black 25 Isle. years. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I mean, hopefully they, they do take some time, take a step back and do something 
way more uh, revolutionary with it. I, th- I think going into E3 especially because mm. I am I am still excited for Bethesda's E3 conference. I think mm. it's mainly because I want a release date for Doom Eternal. Yes, yeah. but which isn't <laughs> even then. Well, it is then, but it's here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if they turned around at E3 and they said right. Here are our games. We're going to have people on stage talking about the in-depth stuff. Mm. We're not going to have another E3 2017. Thank mm. you for reminding me about how bad that, pre- <laughs> that, that presentation was. Of, Hi, bit. I'm Pete Hines. Here's some trailers. <laughs> Bye. See you like, later. If we don't have that again, and if they if they don't spend 10 minutes talking about, here's an update for Fallout Shelter, or here's mm. an update for Elder Scrolls Blade, stuff nobody cares about, or mm. at least... Like, not really. Don't. Not the people watching E3 um, anyway. Yeah, yeah, like, if they just said, right, these are our next big games. Here's maybe, like, this is what your first look at Starfield is, or this is Ooh, no. conceptually what Starfield Ooh, could no. be. They've said they're not, they're not doing anything about the the two biggies, Elder mm. Scrolls 6 or Starfield. They did say that before they then showed off Elder Scrolls 6, though. So. Yeah, but no, they Maybe I think it's one of those things where like they had, I don't know how much they've got to show because like we don't we've got Wolfenstein Youngblood which comes out basically just as E3 happens or mm. just about E3 if they spend too much time talking about that it's like mm. this game's just about to come out there's mm. no point in wasting your stage time talking mm-hmm. about it and assumedly something like Starfield like you said they, mm. they don't have anything to show at this point well yeah the, they've, I, if I remember rightly they've said that they aren't going to talk about it and that we need to wait and that sort of thing which right. I have big respect because you know yeah. what I mean, again, yeah. again if it gives it more time in the oven yeah. then that's fine by me but it's like going into E3 what else are they going to talk about mm-hmm. they jump they're going to turn around and go oh by the way here's this like here's completely <laughs> out of the blue yeah I mean there's a reason that like Rockstar Naughty Dog CD Projekt Red like they don't do conferences at E3 I mean obviously Bethesda have moved way more into the publishing way yeah. but like yeah if you want to sort of they can focus on their third party stuff but it's like at some point just take a step back mm. let everybody want a new Bethesda game again and then you come in with Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield and maybe yeah. that's the way that you do it I just want to see them focus on the games that we care about like mm. how they ended their conference last year by mm. revealing Starfield by saying we're working on the Elder Scrolls 6 doing stuff mm. like like that not necessarily like plugging stuff really really early which then just gets people kind of annoyed <laughs> yeah but just just being more refined with what they're doing telling people about their games like what they're working on behind the scenes how passionate they are about what they do because they really really are oh yeah, yeah 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 and it's it's just like i think they're just looking at other big publishers and going oh you know we can we can rub shoulders with them we can do <laughs> we can have the same approach and then realizing oh no this isn't working yeah this is this is coming back to bite us so i'm i'm kind of I'm cautiously optimistic about E3 because there's a part of me I have no idea what they're going to show us. Mm. I mean, considering like, unless they've got like two games and that's it. Yeah, considering the time that they have to fill, um, we'll have to wait and see. We'll know more in just like two and a bit weeks. Two, yeah, two-ish weeks. Yeah. So yeah, let us know what you think down in the comments below of Bethesda's general sort of trajectory across this generation and what you want to see next time. Uh, for now, though, I've been Scott from the What Culture Gaming podcast, and uh, that's the wrong way around. You've been Rich. I'm going I'm to tell you now. You've been Rich Hudson. Oh, thank you. And you've been <laughs> Ash Wilman. So- oh. We'll catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.